following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Hello, Michigan. This is the huge show across the wonderful Mitten State. I am your fill-in host for the day, Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. And we're going to lean on the second part of that for a little while here. My co-host from the Detroit Lions podcast, Chris, is grateful to join uh, and we're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna give you a little taste of what we do. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Detroit Lions podcast, uh, Chris and I have been doing this for a few years now. He actually did it uh, for a few years before I joined in with him, uh, and uh, we do it on YouTube live every week, uh, usually on Wednesday nights. Although last week was uh, hurricane altered, but uh, this week I think we're on schedule. So I'm gonna I'm gonna welcome in my good man Chris. It is it is great to talk to you. Um, it's weird not looking at you because normally we're doing this live, uh, looking at one another. But uh, thanks for joining me, bud. Yeah, absolutely. You're the man behind the controls this time too. It's a little weird for me, Riz. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 wa- I want to have the button that uh, that special teams coach Dave Phipp uh, kept hitting, but uh, we can't do that because this is uh, this is radio. This isn't uh, the the interweb where we could do work a little bluer. Uh, Chris, I, I, I just keep my fingers off the buttons. Yes, thank you, uh, Chris. I want to get your pulse on it. I'm conflicted, and, and we've had this conversation uh, behind the scenes. But the Lions have the number one offense in the league, and they're doing it without some key pieces, and that's fantastic. I'm I'm super excited about that. But then you go and you got the worst defense in the league, giving up the most points in the league, like. Where's your head at on the balance between that? Like, are you feeling great about the offense? Or does the defense just weigh you down and you can't take the, the, the good part of the offense? Uh, well, you, you, this is a tough time to be on for the first time, Riz, because things are, are, are kind of crazy in Lions land. You know it. It's, it's really, you feel, you feel torn in two directions. And I want to I want to kind of talk about that whole thing of the number one offense, because a lot of times it's how you measure something. And we're talking about, oh, yeah, they're the number one because they scored the most points. But if you look at team grades like PFF, the offense is ranked 14th. Not to say that there's something wrong there, right? There's some some efficiency things that... Uh, they're overachieving, the baby. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some things that happen offensively along the way. But you can't ask that team to score more points, right? So and so we can, we can, I think, agree that the offense is humming along as it should be. And you can't ask for a whole lot more. I mean... You hope for it, but you can't ask for it out of them. The defense, it, you know, one and three, right? It, 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 you can score a lot of points, but when you let them score that many points, it just it just sucks the wind out of you. And and it goes back to you know last year, a lot of the the fingers were pointing at Jared Goff, 
it's the offense. It's Jared Goff. He's not the guy. He's not our quarterback. He, we need that. We need. You know, I heard so many people yelling for Malik Willis and and, and oh. other potential uh, prospects out there in the off season. And and Goff has shown kind of no, no. This is this is all we needed was an off season. We need a little time. A couple pieces of talent. We're in good shape. JMO hasn't even shown up yet. We're we're good. Um, but now it's the defense, and and it's maddening. It's and th- if anything, Lions fans know that this team can be just maddening. <laughs> um, how how do you get to last year where it was a patchwork of rookies, undrafted free agents? Our friend Jerry Jacobs, right, goes out there, balls out, number three, I think, rookie cornerback in the league. Um, same coaches, same coaching staff. And that defense showed up and played extremely well. If that defense was playing for this team right now, we could be oh, we're three and one, three and one, four, bro, maybe even. I mean, it, 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 that's that's crazy. It's it's so hard to think that even a twenty fifth or twenty sixth ranked defense could have put this team over the top on the on the win column. But yeah, that's that's uh, how do you score forty five points and lose and and lose to Geno? Like, how do you lose to Geno Smith, man? Like that's. And two rookie tackles now. Now give them credit that their their rookie tackles played pretty well, and and you know bottled up Charles Harris especially well. Um, Aiden Hutchinson didn't have a great day either, and that that's kind of where I want to go next. Is Aiden Hutchinson's catching a lot of flack? Um, we have our our Detroit Lions podcast mm-hmm. Patreon Slack, and and we have some interesting arguments in there about what's going on with the, with Hutchinson. You know, how should we be concerned? Should we be, you know, like, oh, give him a, a little bit of a rookie pass because he's playing injured. Where's your head on what you saw from Hutchinson, not just last week, but like through the first four games of his career? Are you encouraged by it or you, do you want to see more from him? Sure. I, I, I'll go back first. Just when you talked about getting beat by Geno Smith, I had flashbacks to the Matt Flynn Packers oh. game out. So as you know, I still I still have never seen that game. That is the one Lions game in the 21st century that I did not see. Uh, I lived in Houston at the time, and my family we went and rode. The, my kids were little. We rode the uh, uh, what's what's the 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 Christmas story uh, the the train the Polar Express. We drove to Dallas and rode yeah. the Polar Express that day. So I, I heard it on the radio, but I didn't see it. Uh, and I actually do have to watch that sometime because uh, somebody dared me to do that. We, we won't talk about that. Do you remember this? <laughs> Do you remember the score? I remember the 550 yards for Matt Flynn that made got him a big payday. But and of course, it's the Seahawks. But do you remember what the score was? I felt like I felt like Stafford played a heck of a game that game, and it was it was a blow the roof off of the score that we lost too. Oh, shutters. Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's not fun. So, so let's Hutch- get back. Get, get, I, I want to hear your thoughts on Hutchinson before uh, before we jump off that bridge again. Yo, yep. <laughs> so Aiden Hutchinson, he's a guy. Um, most folks know who listen to the podcast know that I'm a I'm a I'm a Michigan guy. Uh, grew up a Michigan guy. Has some family ties and so on to the school. Um, not a graduate myself, but I, I really am harder on prospects from Michigan, Michigan State, than I am on prospects from other schools because they're local. I know they get more hype, and my kind of mo is to block out and, and, and rate them lower than I would somebody else just because I know I'm influenced by the local hype. It's, it's my own kind of control. I look again at, at PFF and I say, okay, Hutchinson, he's only a 57 and a half right out of a hundred score uh, overall. And um, I, I can say, okay, that's, that's not performing what you want out of a number two overall pick. You expect more, but by the same token, we saw him against Georgia. And once Georgia shut him down, the whole line went to bed. And if you look across the other side of the line, you're seeing Harris, Charles Harris, who had a great year last year for him. 
He's down at like a 56 PFF score. He's not making the, uh, the, the, the pressure that you want from the other side. They are able to concentrate and scheme against Hutchinson. You've got Okora as a starter in there who's really lowly ranked. I mean, your best person on the defensive line is Aline McNeil. Uh, and, and, and he's and your nose tackle. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know what that, how that's going to help break Hutchinson free. Uh, they, I know uh, Coach Campbell talked about uh, schematically changing things a little bit for Hutchinson uh, and, and going forward. I, I don't expect to see anything until after the But Aiden Hutchinson is a guy who has a ton of talent. He is super hyped, has a super high motor has a huge upside, a huge ceiling, and isn't producing because it's a team game in my mind. I don't think that it's a, that he doesn't have the tools. I think he's a rookie in a very, very difficult situation. And now you have the coaches trying to put him in a more advantageous situation that he can take advantage of those talents to get at the quarterback. We saw it against Washington. Those are big boys he was playing against. Those, those That's not some fourth-string JV offensive line in Washington that he'd be <laughs> he's he's got talent it's just that uh we're, we're not seeing him schematically and we're not seeing the rest of the line uh put the pressure on if Charles Harris could draw a double Hutchinson's gonna break free you know uh McNeil's in there and rock, knocking things up but again he's a nose tackle right I mean what do you what do you want it's 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 a tough it's a tough road for Hutchinson and I think because of that and and these line troubles we talked about it in the, the Patricia years as well um, when you have problems getting pressure, that exposes the heck out of your secondary. Yeah, and and it certainly was exposed. And uh, you brought up Jerry Jacobs, uh, a friend of the podcast. He's been on with us a couple of times. Uh, he came to our training camp party this year and, and offered just rays of sunshine. Uh, oh, Jerry should be back. Uh, he's probably going to get activated tomorrow, which means that he'll be back within the next three weeks. Uh, how much impact do you think he's going to have on the defense? I think it's huge, and I think he's going to immediately take Amani Arawari's spot. Um, and I think Amani, to his credit, Amani's a lot more talented than he's been playing these last two weeks. I would agree. And there's obviously there's obviously something wrong with our guy. Um, we know there's a back injury. We've seen him um, on the ground a couple times, slow to get up with what obviously looks like some kind of back thing. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the doctor, but. I, it looks like some kind of spasm action going on, right? Uh, and, and the poor guy, he is not performing anywhere near where he has historically. There is something else going on besides the skill level of Amani. I think he's holding that spot until they can get somebody in to fill for him. I think Jerry's going to step in. And I think, frankly, the Jerry and Jeff Okuda connection are huge. Those guys are so connected as friends and as players that uh, and, and is the grind, right? I think... Okuda probably owes a little bit of his grind mentality of coming back the way he did to Jerry and his influence on him. There's a, there's a good symbiosis between the two of them, and I, I'm really excited to have Jerry across from Okuda. I think that's gonna it's gonna bode really really well for the corners in this defense, and it's gonna help us out a great deal, especially with. Uh, Tracy Walker out for the season. Yeah. Talking with, with Chris, my co-host from the Detroit Lions podcast, this is Jeff Rusin from the Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. And uh, if, if you're curious, we did a couple of really great interviews with Jerry Jacobs and uh, Dan Miller also joined us from the training camp party. Look on YouTube for the Detroit Lions podcast training camp party and uh, you, you'll check Jerry out, check Dan Miller out. Uh, it was a great show. He offered a lot of just a lot of fun stuff. And, and you know, to your point, he and he and Jeff he lived with Jeff Okuda for a brief time. That they have rehabbed together. They've worked hard together. They 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 pick one another's brains. Uh, you're getting a lot of 
a lot of potential spark coming back on defense, uh, if not this week, then then certainly after the break. Man, bye week can't come soon enough, can it, buddy? <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you, one of the things, you know, and, and I don't know if you've covered Jerry's story at all on the, on, the, on the show, but, you know, he comes from a tough place. His No dad in his life. His mom passed when he was 11. He was raised by his sister, got into trouble, had to go to junior college, balled out, national championship, goes, plays Arkansas State, balls out, goes to Arkansas, COVID hits, gets an injury, takes the COVID opt-out. Um, ruined his draft chances. He's always like two steps forward, one step back kind of a guy. And he's always had to fight and grind and push harder than anybody else. And I think that kind of attitude fit that grit fits exactly the Dan Campbell mode. But I also think that that's exactly the kind of fit that helped Okuda. That's what I'm talking about. The thing that Jerry brings is a lot more than his, his, you know, 4% body fat and physical play style. Ridiculous. Uh, He brings a lot of, Yep, he brings a lot of attitude to that defense, and I think I think that's going to be great. So yeah, optimal time coming for the for the uh, for the bye week. You got to get through the Patriots, don't we? Aren't they first? They are, uh, and uh, we actually I just talked to our, our good friend Mark Schofield, who's been on with us a few times uh, on the Detroit Lions podcast, well, and and he picked the Lions to win, and I'm I'm feeling it, man. I got I got enough Honolulu blue. Cool. Blue Kool Aid to you know send me home today. Uh, I'm 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 feeling this win this week. I, look, we got to you, you can't lose to Geno Smith and then lose to Matt Patricia running the offense. That's just can't happen. Can't happen. All it all it. All I want is the Lions to carry Dan Campbell off the field so Patricia experiences it twice. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Jim Schwartz thing where he was uh, carried off by his... Uh, there's an indelible image for us all. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm just... We saw Bailey... Yeah, so we, we, we did, we did, we did the Senior Bowl together. We did the shows from there, and we saw Bailey Zappi. Like, this is not a guy who's without some ability. Yeah, yeah, and we saw. I mean, if if you saw the game this week, he he stepped in and he played a lot better than most. You know, <laughs> third string quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks stepping into the line of fire. It was a close game. I mean, he he didn't play poorly at all. He did well. Their problem is they're scoring eighteen and a half points a game, and while they face a Lions defense that has allowed one hundred and four million points per game, <laughs> uh, the the the, re- <laughs> the reality is is the Lions are retooling and really putting a focus on that this week. If ever there was a point where this team was going to come out and buckle down and and bite down on the mouthpiece, this is the week. And with Matt Patricia there, there's only that much more inspiration for the folks that are still around from those days to just bowl this team over. This is an opportunity for the Lions to go into Foxborough and steal a win, get an away win that you you know that's somewhat unexpected against a team that uh is is in an interesting position. Uh I think the I I'm with you. I think the Lions could take this week uh and take that win into the the bye week. If they don't, if they go into the bye week with a loss, I mean there's gonna be all kinds of questions. It's all not gonna be fun. Your your post game show that you do uh after games uh is on the Drillers podcast is gonna be uh uh, not a pleasant listen this week if that happens. It will definitely be a therapy session. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I've heard people already starting to talk about talk about Dan Campbell's being on the hot seat, right? And I, I know we talked about this very, very early when he came in. Dan's a very interesting character. He brings a lot of fun to the to the position, and he he he, he is easy to get people to warm to the team and to him and to his attitude. But how long is that going to play until without getting results? 
And those W's are the results that people want. I see a lot of progress from this team. From this, I do from too. Last year to this year, the, the W's aren't showing. But this team is all heading in the right direction. But without those W's, you're going to lose your fans. And, and if you lose the fans... I don't know how you get back. That always trickles up too, man. You, you can't, yeah. you can't because you, once you lose somebody, it's, it's that much harder to win them back, especially in in Detroit and Lions Land, where you know we haven't had a lot to cheer about. We haven't had a lot of positives, and you, you, like I, I look at it, I expected them to be two and three, or maybe three and two going into the bye. They win this week. They're two and three. They're they're kind of on schedule. So I'm, I, I feel that, and I, I do see the progress as well. And I hope that that like it doesn't get lost. Um, this is something that you know we've had discussions about on the podcast. We get a lot of um, when we do the live show on Wednesday nights, so we, we stream it live on YouTube. Uh, check the Detroit Lions podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll sound like I'll sound like huge here for a second and promoting that as much as I can. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where like if you're just somebody who like nothing matters unless they win, well, then how do you expect them to ever win if good things aren't happening? And we are seeing the good things happening, and it, it, it's very difficult to focus on those things right now, isn't it? And how did you become a Lions fan? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, no, the- <laughs> yeah I, I don't get that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's a part, I mean, there's a certain part of, of folks that, you know, like, it's comfortable. They find comfort in losing because it's what it's always been. There's tradition there, and, and the old jokes ring, and it's fun. But um, I, I still look. This is for me a really hard time because I really, uh, you know, you do the analyst, you do the fan thing, kind of combined. I sometimes wish I was doing analysis on a team I wasn't a fan of because it might be easier. But um, I this this one could break me if Dan Campbell and crew can't make it work. You and I, it was we we picked up at the same time. It was it was when Billy Sims. Got drafted. Yep. That was what put me on the Lions train way back in the day, and been through the ups and downs and everything. And, and this one, I, I've really believed in. You know, I've, I've as a as a fan, my heart's all in. As an analyst, I see great things happening. It's just, oof, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard for Lions fans, and they're just so hungry. I remember. Do you remember when the the Red Wings won the Cup after the what was a forty three year drought? I do. How, that sense of relief that just washed over the city, right? To see and experience that with the Detroit Lions, it's it's, it's that on steroids, right? And what it would do for the city, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. The city, the state, be able to get behind the Lions and be rewarded for all of that investment uh, that they've put behind this team throughout through so many years. Oh, that would be that would be heavenly. Talking with Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast, my host there, I'm my co-host there. I'm I'm Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast, sitting in for huge today. Uh, I want to bounce this off of you because it's a question that I asked uh, one of my earlier guests. Aaron Glenn's under a lot of heat right now, and there's a lot of people who are wondering how in the world can he be a head coaching candidate when he's so god awful as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> And I made the argument that like it's a different kind of job, and just not being a good coordinator doesn't necessarily mean you can't be a good head coach. Uh, and and uh, I talked to Jeremy Reisman about that, and Jeremy kind of agreed with me. Where where do you see that? Do you, do you think that that's that holds water, or am I am I loopy there? No, no. It's it's this is this is there's so many there's different skill sets, and you know I talk about leadership and that kind of stuff as part of the show. One of the things. You know, people get promoted because they're really, really good at something. And if I look at like the business world, someone's a really good Excel person and they do all kinds of Excel things and they're so good at it. They get promoted to be the leader of the Excel team and all the Excel people, they have to lead and they have to let them do the work. 
And often they don't. They think they have to do it themselves because the people don't do it up to skill stuff, and they wind up not being a good leader. And the opposite is true too. Somebody could be pretty poor or come from a, like a, a, a Microsoft Word world and have to lead the Excel team. But if you have the skills to be able to deal with people, be a good leader, trust your staff to do great things, you can do a great job as a leader. So from a head coach perspective, I, I have no doubt that he could uh, he could he could fall into a position like that. My thing is just because based on the his adjustments that he's made as a defensive coordinator that, against teams this year, people talked about him not being with the team because he was going to be a head coach next year. I think there's potential that he's not with the team, but he's not because he's a head coach. <laughs> I think that's where the big risk is, and I, I, I don't want to see that for him. I think he's he's a talented guy. He's got a lot of brains, but this week, you know, the, the two things, I mean, and Dan Orlovsky pointed out one of them, the, the, the press man, Patricia failures just relived on the same plays over and over players in the wrong position, an inability to, to recognize uh, different tendencies or repeated plays and failed the same way, the same movement by the players. Those are adjustments that you have to make. And when those things happen in the first and the fourth quarter, the same play, and you adjust the same way and you fail to it the same way, those are adjustments that didn't happen at halftime, they didn't happen in the quarters, and those are failures of a coach. Those are things that you have to see and you have to be able to adjust your defense to react to. And I just, if you can't adjust your defense, I don't see him being elevated to the role of a head coach, even though he may have the skills. You can't. How are you going to adjust the rest of your team? How are you going to adjust your coaching style? Yeah, and, 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 that, that, and that's a tough sell to the guys that you're going to have working under you too. Like, is is he going to not do anything with you know how much autonomy? And there, there's a whole lot that goes into that. Chris, I got I to take a little yeah. break here. Can you stick with us through the break and do another segment with us? You got it, Riz. Awesome. So uh, we will be back after a little bit of break here with uh, Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast here on the Huge Show. From St. Joseph to Midland. This show is huge. In the den. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day at SoaringEagleCasino.com. October 4th brings back a ton of iconic memories for Tigers fans. It was on this date in 1925 that Harry Heilman collected six hits in a doubleheader to edge out Tris Speaker for the batting title. Heilman would finish the year batting 393. In 1945, the great Hank Greenberg hit a three-run homer to help the Tigers to a game-two win over the Cubs in the World Series. Detroit would go on to beat Chicago to win the franchise's second world title. It was also on this date in 1987 when Frank Tanana pitched a complete game one nothing shutout of the Blue Jays at Tiger Stadium to hand Detroit the AL East. And finally, in 2012, Miguel Cabrera became the 15th player to ever hit for the Triple Crown and the first since Carl Yastrzemski in 1967. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle and digging for gold every Friday in October for your chance to score up to $5,500 in cash or premium play. Hourly winners from 7 to 11 p.m. each week. And on October 28th, all the prizes turn to cash. See what you'll dig up only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. 
Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at beancarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Good afternoon, Michigan. Welcome back to The Huge Show. This is Jeff Risen from the Detroit Lions podcast and Lions Wire sitting in. And we're going to rejoin my co-host from the Detroit Lions podcast, Chris, who's been gracious enough to sit with us through the break, listen to some ads, and now we're going to talk more of the Lions. So uh, welcome back, Chris. Thanks for thanks for sticking with us. Uh, wanted to ask your um, – I know you and I uh, went to the Senior Bowl, was it three or four years ago, and we were exposed to Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach, and we have been huge fans of Hank ever since. I just want you to expound for for those of you who don't listen to the Detroit Lions podcast regularly, like you shed some light on just how awesome Hank Fraley is. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, the, he jumped out right away, and it was all about his technique as a teacher. Um, we have an integ- we interviewed him this last year in the uh, at the Senior Bowl, and he's just so talented. He knows how to speak to his players and get the most out of them. And he does it in a way it's not a, some guys need screaming at, and and he'll be the guy. Uh, Some guys need just coaching, right? Some guys need a little bit of a fatherly kind of figure. Uh, You look at Dan Skipper, his, his journey, where he's, where he's, uh, where he's been and how he's come along. And these last couple years, he's come along uh, as, as a result of his hard work. You know, you don't want to take anything away from a player and a guy like him, but right. Dan has helped nudge him or Hank has helped nudge him in that direction to become who he is. And one of the last things I've heard from somebody in the building was that once they got Dan to quit starting fights and practice, <laughs> he, he became the guy that he is today. And you, if, if you, I don't know if you saw, he was a guy that was ready to start some fights out in the field against the Seahawks. He does not let anybody get near his guys or disrespect his guys or take cheap shots on his guys. He's out there as a protector. It comes from that family that Hank has created amongst those, those, uh, those linemen. He has created a group of people who um, work together, live, eat, breathe together. Um, and it's, it is all about that kind of co-op that, We've, we've talked about it, that servant leadership and, and working as a team and trusting the people around you. You don't see any other offensive lines in this league able to plug and play players like the Detroit Lions have been able to in the last two years. I mean, even before that, in the Patricia years, rotating guards. Remember that? Oh, my I was like, goodness. What the heck? 
it, but it, it worked better than anyone thought it would. It wasn't ideal, but frankly, you know, the, the situation wasn't ideal with from a player perspective either. The ability to put people in and out and move them, I think, is is one of the benefits that you get out of a guy like Frank Hank Fraley and putting his, his his team together like this. It's it's all about that teaching, that growth, and that ability to to work with one another and not be stuck in a rut. You know, um, ability to think for yourself, be able to work within the scheme, but react the way that you know how to as an athlete. And uh, they look for those kind of skill sets, people that can make decisions and act in a way that they can make good, sound decisions when, you know, the what's the thing when you go to war, the first thing to do is you throw away the plan, something like that. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. And, and those guys can go down there and they can, they can improvise as needed and do a great job as one of the top defensive li- or offensive lines in the league with only a few of the starters starting. It's, it's incredible how well they, they work together. And I, I attribute it. I don't want to take away from their talent, any of those players' talent, because they have invested significantly yes, in, that, have. in those positions. But Hank Fraley is the one that's pulled that together. We've seen a lot of teams spend a lot of money and bring in some amazing players that just didn't work out. And it's, it's so nice that it's happened. Like for, for years and years and years, the number one complaint about Lions from most, from most Lions fans was the offensive line. Uh, Jeff Backus, we, we dogged that guy way too much. Dominic Riola was probably the best center that we had for, for years and years and years. <laughs> and now, now we're in a, in a halcyon days, man. We're, we're plugging in a practice squad guy, Dan Skipper. He's one of his, what, 22nd contract with the Lions between practice squads and yeah. active. And, and he's doing great at left guard. And that's... And that, that's one of the reasons why I am staying optimistic, even though the team's one and three and the defense is is what it is. Um, unpleasant to watch. But the the offense and the, the leaps that they've taken with with Jared Goff making a step forward, and, and this is something you and I deal with it every week on the podcast, uh, in the in the live chat that we have and in our Patreon Slack. People wondering about Jared Goff and is can he be the long term solution? And I think we're seeing more or we're seeing less of that question and more of like, maybe maybe we need to spend all these resources on defense and, and help Jared Goff be the guy and not worry about what's going on with Jared Goff. Your your thoughts just real quick on like golf progress. And do you think it's, it's something that sticks and can he continue to climb that ladder and, and make it even better? Yeah, I think with Jared Goff, the, the big you know, there's always going to be the comparison. It's always tough to be the guy after the guy. And right. He's the guy after Matthew Stafford, right? How, 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 I would never want to step into that position. And last year, the talk was who won the trade? Who won the trade? And they won the Super Bowl. Like, so at the end of the last they year, won. they won the trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now look at Jared Goff. And I don't know if you saw the, the game yesterday with uh, the Rams and, and, and Matthew Stafford. You look at their numbers, you know, Matthew Stafford's about 100 yards less many more, five more interceptions than Jared Goff, uh, four more, something like that on the season. Has thrown, thrown the same a number of pick sixes. Part. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jared Goff is looking the part and Jared Goff has an offensive line where, where, you know, Matthew Shefford doesn't now. This may wind up being one of those coups where, yep, you lost the first year of the trade. Second year, you wind up close to breaking even. And then you look forward, Jared Goff, he's, you know, he's at that age where he's entering that golden era or that golden age for a quarterback to really shine. And he's coming into that very, very strong. Four games in, we've got a lot of season ahead to see what he has. But if he continues to play at this level, I think he earns himself another contract and a whole lot of optimism from Detroit Lions fans. 
Yeah, and he's still under contract for a couple more years, so we have, we have time to, to wait that out. But I'm, I'm very encouraged, and, and as you know, and anybody who's listened to the podcast knows, I was not the Jared Goff guy. Uh, I was I thought he was a placeholder. I thought they were going to you know draft somebody this year, but uh, you know Brad Holmes is still steadfast that Jared Goff is the guy, and he's he's starting to look more and more yeah. like it. And it's uh, it's rewriting some narratives, and it's by the way, it's fun to watch those narratives change. Uh, you know, the, the Jared Goff yeah. was a complete bomb that had to go. And now we're now we're seeing people like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm still not sold that he's a long term, but dang, he's playing well like that. that That's that's progress. And I'm happy about that. Well, and, and I'll tell you on the contract thing, this is the year that he he earns or loses that contract, because if he doesn't do it, right. Goff is not the guy this year. They will go get somebody else. And because this is the year they have the capital to do that, the two first round picks and everything else. Uh, after that, it's going to be a lot tougher to be able to pull, you know, your number to get your guy. Uh, I think this is the year. This is the make or break year for him, and that's why I talk about the contract. Uh, and they'll sign him early. I think too. I think they'll sign him a year early and, and, and hopefully get a little bit better deal because look, the quarterbacks are expensive. It's easier to sign him now and and not pay, you know, and pay later. Yeah, that, that price tag never goes down, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. So um, let, let let let's talk a real. I, I this this is weird because normally you're the one that, that, that does the talking like coming out of things so I'm, I'm talking to you and it, it's a lot of fun this is a little taste of the Detroit Lions podcast uh, with Chris and Jeff uh, you can catch us yeah. uh, we're, we're going tomorrow night right buddy yes sir <laughs> it's tomorrow night uh, check it out on YouTube um, as Bill Simonson often says uh, the huge one who I'm sitting in for today um, look it up on Google it and uh, look it up on YouTube and you will find us and you can watch us live and interact with the show uh, click the like and subscribe buttons too uh, I know that just annoyed a heck of a lot of people who are regulars of the <laughs> this show but uh, we, we got we got to have a little bit of fun with it um, you talked when we were talking about Hank Fraley about the servant leadership concept and uh, this is something that you've uh, first off you you are a very educated man and you have a life outside of football that leads you down these roads but can you talk a little bit about the concept of servant leadership and how it applies to the Detroit Lions because it's something that I don't think gets talked enough about outside of our little bubble yeah yeah so servant leadership is one of those things that um it has there's a, there's a series of kind of principles like any leadership piece but the idea is that you you treat people with humility respect you you want them to get the best out of them you, you think about um, you know, different types of leaders or the coaches, the visionaries, those types of things, democratic leaders. How do those work? There's certain tenets of a servant leader that you, you really need to have. And in a modern kind of environment, and, and servant leadership is it's probably 30 or more years old as far as the way it is, but it's really come to its fore recently. Um, it's about listening to your people, allowing your people to perform at their best. Uh, having empathy for them, having self self awareness, but taking in um, input from everybody. If you watch Hard Knocks, you saw it when they were talking about oh. the players that they wanted uh, up for cuts. You started with the guys who were down the food chain a little bit, and we and they listened and got their insights. Why? Because they see things and they interact with those guys differently, and they have a different set of inputs that they can provide to that conversation. And then once they've done that. They start to hear the guys up the food chain and they can validate what they saw or didn't see and learn from those guys. It's, you know, you talk about next man up on the, on the offensive line. It's like that in the coaching staff as well. You build a staff where people can move up, can grow, can get better and have an opportunity to learn. 
and uh, achieve at the level of their, their super superiors in the organization, it gives them an opportunity, it gives them something to shoot for, it gives you an opportunity to get um, uh, much more talent than only one person can provide, and it gives people an, an opportunity to move up, and even if they move out of the organization, that's okay, because you become a, a an employer of choice, they call it, a place where people want to go work, because they know they're going to grow, they're going to become better, and they're going to be engaged for who they are, what they bring, and what they know at that organization, and that's, I saw that in day one, when Holmes and uh, and uh, Campbell were talking about how they le- how they lead, and everybody was asking, but who's 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 got the, the decision? Who's in charge? Is 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 Rod Wood making football decisions? It's it's yes, yeah, huh, sure. No, no. This is this is servant leadership. It's a different style that uh, people just hadn't seen it, hadn't seen it before. So uh, a lot of it is leading by example, stepping up and living living the life. We saw that from Matt Patricia. He he, he didn't. He tried to be the coach he oh. thought he should be. Versus himself, and I think that's the number one error. We met him. Re- we remember did. It, at Senior Bowl. He was a really good. We had a good time with guy. him and the Hooters girls. Yeah, <laughs> and he just—I think he tried to be something he thought he should be versus who he was. And once you lose your credibility, once you lose your authenticity, you're never going to win anybody back. You, you've, you've shown that you cannot be trusted, and trust is one of the most important pieces for any leader to have amongst their people and we see that in dan campbell even though the wins aren't coming yet the trust is still there from the players that's one of the reasons why this week is so important to win absolutely absolutely because i don't i don't think this team is going to get better replacing dan campbell i don't think shaking up the coaching staff is going to improve this team in the near term i don't think there's going to be any kind of beneficial near-term results I think you have to let this process go. And I think based on those six-year contracts, that's the mindset. I think they knew they didn't have the greatest roster. I think they (laughs) knew that building a culture doesn't happen in a day, right? Uh, I think the culture side is happening faster than the the talent side. I think that'll come. It's going to come, um, buddy. it's, it's It's a tough world. You have to perform. So we'll see. There's a lot, a lot still to be written. There is. That, ladies and gentlemen, is my good friend Chris, the co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast, which you can catch tomorrow night on YouTube. Uh, Chris also has a lot of other things. We actually had Scott Bischoff on earlier, who promoted a couple of his things. So uh, it's a very podcast-centric show on the huge show today. Thanks, huge. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, 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 Bill. Um, I hope you're hitting them straight. Uh, Chris, it has been great to talk to you. I will see you live tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. It's been a lot of fun doing this, man. It has. It has been. Thank you, Riz. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for uh, having me on. Love talking to you anytime, brother. My pleasure. Again, Detroit Lions podcast. Check it out tomorrow night. Uh, we got one little segment left. We're going to talk, wrap up the day and uh, look forward a little bit to what's going on for the rest of the, the time here. This is uh, Jeff Risen on The Huge Show. Come on back. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer a Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet, 
with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Whether it's jackpots or colors of the rainbow, seven's a special number. At Meyer, it's no different. Get more for your money with seven for seven dollars. No luck required. Mix or match specially marked items. Buy seven or more and get each for a dollar. From Campbell's tomato soup, Meyer frozen vegetables, to Meyer facial tissue, there's so many ways to seven for seven dollars. Plus, locally grown large jack-o'-lantern pumpkins are buy one, get one 50% off. Shop the same low Meyer prices in-store and online. Exclusions apply. See the deals in the Meyer app. Celebrating Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. I'm in a New York state. Celebrate Billy Joel, America's Piano Man, 50 Years of Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show across Michigan. This is Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Detroit Lions podcast. Sitting in for Bill today. Had a great time sitting in here. Thanks for joining me for the the three hour ride here on the Huge Sports Network. Special shout out to those of you listening on WHTC 99.7 out in Holland, where I live. Uh, I am on there frequently daily listening. So, uh, been a good time talking to you all. We talked a lot of Lions. We had some great guests today. Uh, the number one thing I want to wrap with the whole Lions concept you got to be a little bit patient with this team. Look, I know we, we got excited from Hard Knocks. You know, we, we're, we're in love with Dan Campbell and all the fun that's going on with it. But you have to remember, this is a team that had to strip everything down. This wasn't just a rebuild. This was a demolition that had to take place. And we saw that last year. And the building is starting. And we're seeing it. And we're seeing... A lot of positive things, and I know there's a lot of you out there who are like, yeah, it's not winning, we're not winning, it doesn't matter. Well, you don't get to win without having some positive steps along the way. And they need to they need to do a lot of things better to keep winning and to get better at winning, and Dan Campbell included in that. But I'm seeing things that I like that tell me that it can work with what they've got. Add more talent in, get a little bit more coaching experience from Dan Campbell in the day-to-day process of things. I'm still excited about where it's going to go. Now, that's going to wane a lot if they lose this weekend in New England because that's just not – look, I know it's a road game. I know it's tough. You don't, you don't expect to win road games. But that, going into a bye, man, you got, you got to 
two and three sounds so much better than one and four. So uh, hopefully, hopefully they will pull it off. I am expecting them to win, by the way. Um, a couple of my guests today have also predicted them to win. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. We'll see how Bill feels about that when he gets back in here later this week. But I want to thank everyone again for listening. Uh, I want to give a, a quick shout. Uh, my son is a uh, basketball player, but he has also started playing men's volleyball recently. And there's a growing cadre of boys volleyball around the state of Michigan. And it's becoming a bigger thing. And if you have a son who's going to get cut from the basketball team or wants to try something different, I cannot encourage you enough to get your kids, find a local spot. Um, My son plays out of Impact here in Grand Rapids. Please check it out. It's a growing sport. The MHSAA is looking at adding it. If your son wants to play, get him out there and have him play. By the way, it's a great way to pick up girls. It worked for me. Met my wife through volleyball back in college. It's awesome. Uh, again, it's it, it's so much fun. Uh, I want to give a quick thanks to all the guests that I had today. Jeremy Reisman, Scott Bischoff, uh, Mark Schofield, and Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast. We will be doing this again sometime in the near future, but uh, you get another guest host tomorrow. It won't be me, but uh, Bill will be also be back later in the week, and we will talk more Lions. And uh, go Chicks. Bad. Huge.